0: How many of you are tired already? It's the new year. You thought, I'm going into this one rested. I'm not going to wear myself out. It's January the 7th, and you're already tired. Close your eyes, I'm going to sing you a lullaby. You ready? Jesus loves me, this I know, for that you can sing a lot. The Bible tells me so. Little ones too. you're right, that was it. So if you haven't been here, I promised before Christmas Eve, if y'all packed this place out, that I would sing for you. And I just snuck it in there and made you sing with me. But I think a lot of us would say that we live pretty tired lives. And I don't think it's necessarily that we need more sleep. There, there's some of you. You have a newborn, or you've been working extra hours, and you're like, "Well, I could. I haven't been sleeping much." But but I think for for many of us today, we're we're tired, and it doesn't really have anything to do with sleep. I think there's so much that can zap the energy from us, isn't there? Being adulting, adulting is hard. Adulting is tiring. Maybe. Maybe it's a relationship that you've had to manage that's sucking the life out of you and it's, it's worn you out or maybe it's your financial situation and the stress of trying to get it all taken care of, of trying to figure it all out is, is wearing you out. Maybe it is your job and it's the beginning of the year and so things are kind of cranked up a notch and you feel like from the moment you get to work to the time you go, home every single second there's pressure and there's stress or or maybe it's you live in a cycle of anxiety or depression and it's leaving you tired it's it's leaving you worn out I want to teach you today and as I go through this I can't promise that you're gonna feel rested at the end of it or you're gonna sleep better tonight or you're gonna have a better Sunday afternoon nap but what I wanna do is I wanna give us a different kind of framework for what it really means to rest. And here's my title, you ready? You can have the rest. You can have the rest. I wanna talk from Matthew 11:28. 28. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture, something that I repeat to myself every morning and multiple times a day. And I don't think I've ever preached a message on it. Matthew chapter 11, before the verses that we're really going to focus in on today, Jesus is is talking to these Jewish religious Jews who didn't believe he was the Messiah. And so essentially what he's been doing is he's calling them to a place of repentance. He's saying, you've tried to do, you've tried to check the boxes, you've tried to run the race in order to get in God's good graces. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, but yet at the end of the day, you're still sinful. You still have things in your life that you need to have cleaned up. And so he's calling them to the fulfillment of what they had always looked for, a closeness with God, being okay with God. And he's telling them, listen, if you're not gonna repent and believe in me, you're going to really, really miss out on the things that God really has for you. You're gonna miss out on the fulfillment of the promises that he's promised your ancestors. You're gonna miss out on the freedom that comes from from believing in me and the ease of the burden of the religious laws. You see, they were told, by the religious leaders who were adding more and more burdens to them that they had to do more, that they tried to, had to try harder, that they had to prove themselves, that they had to do a lot of things. And they had adapted, adopted a mentality that a lot of us have today. If I can do enough, then I feel like I am enough. How many of you ever felt like that? Like, if, if, I can, if I can do enough, if I can just make everybody happy, if I can just do better, if I can just put in more work, if I can just say yes more, then people will like me. Then I will have close people around me. Then I will feel like I have, I am enough. If we can just do enough, we'll feel like we are enough. And so Jesus begins to address that in verse 27 of Matthew 11. This is what he says. He says, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. and No one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28, then Jesus said, come to me. I wanna give you just a few phrases that you can write out or you can put in your phone about this concept of rest. The first one is Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me. Now, when Jesus tells the Jewish people that he's casting a wide net and he's saying any of you you may not have believed in me until this point and you have been trying and wearing yourself out, trying to get in God's good graces, but you can, you can come to me. Jesus isn't talking to his disciples here. He's talking to the people that aren't following him and he's saying, you have been crushed by the demands of what society and your leaders have put on you, but if you will just come to me, I would bet that a lot of us today are weighed down by many of the same things, aren't you? You're weighed down by the constant guilt that you haven't done enough. Maybe it's in your personal life. And just a side note, this is one of my struggles. I feel like I can never do enough. I'm a people pleaser. And so I feel like I can never do enough. And so I live in this constant guilt a lot of times that I haven't done enough, that I haven't served enough. Some of you are there right now in your personal life You feel like you haven't said the right things. You feel like you haven't done the right things with your kids. You feel like you've done the wrong things. You feel like you're not the spouse that you need to be. You feel like you're not the friend that you need to be. You feel like you need to be doing things that are outside of what you enjoy and what you like, but you have this guilt that you're supposed to be a certain way. Y'all, guilt will wear you out. It will wear you out. And some of you have been focusing so long on what you feel like you've missed, that you are living in guilt and you never recognize the things that you get right. Guilt will wear you out. I think we can even bring this into our relationship with God. For some of us, we live in this constant state of of guilt, like we're not doing enough for God. Like we're not spending enough time with him. We're not praying enough prayers. We're not reading our Bible enough. We're not going to to church enough. And so many of us have resorted to this mentality that busyness equals success. Isn't that what our world tells us? Busyness equals success. As as a matter of fact, our culture even even loves saying, you gotta hustle, have y'all heard that? You gotta hustle, you you gotta do more. We wear the fact that we're busy like it's a badge of honor. When's the last time you asked somebody, how have you been? And they say, I've been bored, I ain't got nothing to do. It never happens. Why? Because somehow we think that if I don't have every single inch of my life, every single second of my life covered in something, then I'm not being successful. And so we will equate busyness with success. There's churches that have brought this idea into the church. Can I just say that's one of the reasons why Springwell doesn't do a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. We do growth groups Sunday morning, Thursday night CR, why? Because for a long time the church has worn people out with programs that they feel like they have to go to. So you feel like you're never enough and so Jesus offers this invitation and he says, come to me. You've been trying to get it right. You've been hustling, you've been striving, you've been proving, come to me. But the natural question is well, What does that mean? It's not like Jesus is sitting on the front row right here and we can walk over and say, Jesus, I'm gonna quit trying. I'm just gonna come to you. Like for these Jews that he's talking to, that is what it meant. Like he's calling them to repentance. He's calling them to spiritually come to him. But literally they could have, he was sitting there in front of them. They could have literally came to Jesus and set his feet and rested in his presence. But what does that mean for us? I think it means a lot of the same thing. It means we live with this idea That Jesus is present. He is present in this room, y'all. He is present this afternoon when you are sitting in front of your TV or trying to take that nap. He is present with you at work. He is present with you when you get home. He is present with you when you're doing the dishes and when you're cooking the dinner. He is present with you when you're driving in the car. Coming to Jesus means we live with this knowledge that Jesus is with us and not just with us, but that he is looking out for us and that we can... Breathe because he never sleeps, he never slumbers and he's not just with us and awake, but he's helpful and he loves us right where we are. Jesus offers, he says, come to me. In a world that says do, Jesus is simply telling you today, come, come, sit with me. Believe that I am for you. Believe that you can, that you can stop trying so hard. He says, come, and then he continues and says, all of you, come, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody feel like they're carrying a burden today? And I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your, souls, not just rest for your body, but that rest that's somewhere deep down in there and you don't even know why you're tired. He says, I can, I can give rest to your soul for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Do you notice the exchange in those verses? Do you see the beautiful exchange that Jesus is offering us? He's, he's offering us this idea that you can exchange your burdens for my blessings. That's the second thing I want you to write down, exchange burdens for blessings. We usually do this the other way around if you think about it. Because if you're a Christ follower in the room today, if you have accepted Christ as your savior, the Bible says that you are signed, sealed and delivered, that you have a relationship with him and that you have freedom in that relationship. But so often what happens is we get into a season of life, we get into a place of life where we don't feel that freedom or that peace, and so we go chase after it somewhere else. And so we decide if I can make more money, if I can have more people like me, we start looking outside of our marriage, if I can develop a relationship with them. We start looking to substances. If I can somehow knock off this edge and what ends up happening is we exchange that freedom that we have by default with a relationship with Jesus. We exchange it for the burdens of having to have more because when's the last time you made a purchase to make you happy and it lasted? When's the last time you took a sip to, eat, to ease the edge and it lasted? Never. And so, so often what we will do is we will look for freedom outside of a relationship with Jesus. And what ends up happening is the thing that you sought to get the freedom will eventually become the thing you're chained to. Where's my Celebrate Recovery people at? And so what started out... Is just knocking the edge off. What started out is just getting a feeling. What started out is just trying to to live up to what your mama thought you should be or what your what your daddy thought you should be. Before long, you will exchange the freedom that Jesus gives you to be yourself and to love Him and to live life free from burdens, and you will exchange it for a burden in and of itself. I wonder today. Yes. I wonder today, and I want you to think, I wonder what you've exchanged the rest, the peace and the freedom of Jesus for. What have you exchanged living in his presence and coming to him for everything that will fulfill you? What have you exchanged it for? Maybe you know you should be different, but you still find yourself trying to compare yourself to the friends and the people around you, and so you have racked up debt. Maybe you have exchanged it for a high, for something different. Maybe you've exchanged it for sin, because this is where a lot of sin issues come from. I know y'all aren't gonna talk very much right now, but this is where a lot of our sin issues come from. And so what happens is we're trying to get something, we're trying to get something good in an unhealthy way and it becomes a chain. And so we exchange freedom for this burden of having to do it over and over again. You know another reason why I think many of us haven't found rest the way God wants us to have it? For some of us, the biggest enemy to your rest is your fixation on resolve because you are fixated on having everything completed and having everything wrapped up in a nice tiny package with a bow on it. Then you can rest. Once I get done, once I get done with everything, then I can rest. Once this project gets complete, once my kids get to this stage of life, then everything will be better and, and, I, and I can rest. Once I get to this, I, it, it's the beginning of the year, I need a good month and then I'm gonna run really hard for a month and then I'm gonna rest. But you know what the problem of that is? It never stops. And so if you wait for it to end or to get to the end before you realize what Jesus has blessed you with and the rest that he wants to give you, you will die on the way trying and you will lose your faith. Some of you, your resolve isn't necessarily completing a project, but it's knowing that everything is in your control. Some of us, the biggest enemy to resting in Christ is our insistence on control. And so if I, can just, if I can just get my arms around it, if I can just make sure it's going to work out the way I want it to, then I can rest. It will rob you. I'm telling you, if you don't learn to let some things go and not be able to see the end result before you let them go, you will lose your faith. You will lose your passion. And what will happen is you will begin to lose your relationships, not just your relationship with God, but your relationship with other people. So let's fully grasp what Jesus is trying to say here. Jesus is not telling you to quit your job, get a bag of Doritos and sit in your recliner for the rest of your life. Because some of you are gonna put words in my mouth and you're gonna say, you heard him, honey. I ain't cleaning up the kitchen, I'm done. Jesus is not telling us to be lazy bums. He's not, telling us to work. He's not telling us to stop working for a living. He's not telling us to quit trying to get better and to do better. No, Jesus isn't saying that. But did you catch what those verses said? Jesus said, you can exchange burdens for my blessing. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. So in other words, there's still a yoke there. This yoke would have been this wooden instrument that they would have used to, to harness an animal to something like a, a plow. Usually it was oxen. Sometimes they would be, it would be used to, to harness them together. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, no, I'm not gonna take the yoke away, but instead of giving you this heavy, lonely burden, I'm going to give you a yoke that's, that's easy. You see, some of us are worn out because we've taken on challenges that aren't ours to take on. It's not your job to control your mother-in-law. It's, it's, it's not your job to make every decision for your child. It's not your job to make sure your your husband starts reading his Bible. It's not your job. We take on burdens that aren't ours and then we get tired. We yoke ourselves to burdens that we should never be owned by. And so we're chained to these burdens. And Jesus says, no, let me take that off. Quit striving. Quit taking on everybody else's problems. And let me give you my yoke because it's, Easy, Jesus doesn't give us less to do. No, he gives, he gives us a way to do what we do, but make it lighter. The word that is used there for easy is better translated, well-fitting. It's a well-fitted yoke just for us. God knows, listen, listen, God knows what he's put in you. And he has given you the tools to get through it, but you have to carry his yoke. It's well fitting, it's made for you. I know it sounds silly, but when I hear that the yoke is well fitting, you know what I think of? A new pair of socks. How many people, can I get a witness? How many people love a brand new pair of socks? How many of you wash your socks before you wear them? Don't, stop. Because you were missing out on the true joy of what new socks means. If you got new socks for Christmas, listen, this is really important. If you got new socks for Christmas, just go home. Actually, wait till tomorrow. New socks are always best on Monday. And put those new socks over your feet. It's gonna feel like your feet are getting a hug for at least about two hours. Those things are gonna hug every toe even if you have bunion on there, those socks, because they're well-fitting. And what Jesus is saying is my yoke is like, it's like a new pair of socks. It's no longer. Go with me. I'm trying. Sorry about the whole sock thing, but go with me. What Jesus is saying is he's saying this, this yoke is, it, it, it's, it's well, it's well-fitting. It, instead of the burden of proving yourself and gaining more and feeling accomplished, this, this, this yoke, it, it's made for you. See, you will never experience true freedom and the peace of Jesus with a yoke or a burden that you take on yourself. Only surrendering and coming to Jesus will fulfill you. He says, exchange your burdens for my blessing. And receive his rest. Receive his rest. So, what does rest look like for you? Some of you are thinking it looks like an afternoon of watching football unhindered. Amen. Some of you are thinking it looks like a vacation. Some of you are thinking it looks like reading a good book on, on the beach somewhere or by the pool. I wouldn't recommend that today, it's a little cold. But what does what does rest look, for you, look like for you? Because you know what ultimate rest is for me as I've, as I've broken this down and as I've thought through this and prayed through this. and As I talk in this, like every Sunday, please know I am not perfect at this. this is, there's people out there that know me well that are thinking, man, how in the world are you saying that? You don't do it, I'm trying. But do you know what real rest for me is? For me, it means I can quit striving. For me, it means I can quit striving to do more and to be more and to beat all things to all people because that's why many of us are tired. We're striving to impress our boss. We're striving to earn the relationship. We're striving not to let anybody down. So we say yes too much. We complain about a calendar that we have orchestrated We're tired of comparing ourselves to other people. We're tired of wondering about the future. We're tired of worrying about what other people think of us. And for me, real rest means that I can appear in front of Jesus and know that I'm finished. I don't quit doing, but even if I don't do anything else, my Savior still loves me. He still accepts me. Here's a declaration I've been saying out loud over the last few months every morning during my time with Jesus. And it's really helped me. So I thought I would give it to you. It's just simply this. I have nothing to prove and nothing to fear. I have nothing to prove and nothing to fear. What if you could grasp that? And I'm not saying I have, but what if we could grasp that it would be like coming home after a hard day's work everything finished taking off our shoes and just relaxing because we have nothing to prove some of y'all are so busy trying to prove yourself to people trying to prove yourself to yourself guys you have nothing to prove with your savior if he if you never do anything else for him he loves you just the way he is now that's not saying you give up and you quit trying but he don't have to prove it You can't, what are you gonna prove to the savior of the world? What are you gonna prove to the God of creation? You have nothing to prove. And so resting with Jesus to me feels like being done. It doesn't mean I have nothing to do. It means I've got nothing to prove. Then Jesus says, let me teach you. We've gotta learn to lean. We've gotta learn to lean on him. And one of the things that I love about Jesus is that he doesn't make us clean up before we come to him. Jesus says, this this rest that I can give you, this freedom that I can give you, this feeling of accomplishment that I can give you, you do not have to clean up before you come to me. I am not worried about getting your filth on my robe. He says, you, don't have, to cl- you ha- don't have to clean up before you come. He says, if you will come to me and you will yoke yourself to my calling and to my love and to my grace, then you can learn from me. Then we can begin to work on the other stuff. You see, some of you are tired because you've been trying to clean up on your own. And you thought, I can surrender this to Jesus, but I've got to get it better than it is. It's like cleaning up your house. You can throw everything in a closet, but you at least gotta get the mess out of the room, right? Jesus says, if you'll come to me, if you'll come to me, I'll teach you. And do you know what I think Jesus wants to teach us that we don't talk about often in church? I think Jesus wants to teach us about the pace of life. Have you looked in scripture and ever seen where it says, and Jesus ran to the next location? Jesus said, forget them, I have things to do. Have you ever seen that? You don't, see, you don't see Jesus running? And I know what you're thinking probably is what I thought is, well, things were simpler back then. Well, even if that's the case, he's the savior of the world. Don't you think he had a lot on his to-do list? He lived approximately 33 years. Three of those were ministry years. During that time, he had to find 12 disciples and teach those disciples often the same things over and over again because they were hard-headed like us. He had to do miracles. He had to perform healings. He had to get arrested. He had to go to the cross and he had to rise from the dead. Yet not one time in scripture, do you see where it says Jesus didn't have time for it? I pray that I learn. I pray that we learn in 2024 about the pace of Jesus, full of purpose, full of passion, but not in a hurry, I pray that we'll learn to say, you know what, I'm not proving myself, I'm pacing myself. What if you could go through 2024 like that? I'm not running from thing to thing. I'll do it. I'll be a good mom. I'll be a good dad. I'll be a good friend. I'll be a good worker. I'll be a good employee, but I'm not gonna run from thing to thing because I have nothing to prove. And so I'm not proving myself. I am pacing myself with my savior and I am coming to him and I am resting in his finished arms. I'm not out to prove that I'm better than anything. I'm not out to prove myself to that person who's always for some reason had my heart in their hand that I had to make happy. I'm not out to prove myself to my boss. I'm gonna be faithful, but I'm pacing myself. Do you know what that would look like? That would look like me not being in a hurry and switching lines at Target four times because there seems like there's one going faster. And instead just standing there and looking at my surroundings and maybe entering into a conversation with somebody, you know what that would look like? That would look like me not walking into the gym with my AirPods on and nothing playing because I'm in a hurry and I don't wanna talk to anybody because I'll get delayed. You know what that would look like? It would look like, I know it's 8.15, but my son wants to talk to me and I don't have to rush him to the bed. I'm not pacing, I'm proving, I'm not proving myself. I'm pacing myself. And then the beautiful thing is is that we receive the rest. See what I did there? Because when we get to a place where we're resting in the arms of Jesus believing what he says about us, believing that we have nothing to prove, he will give us those things that we have worked so hard on accomplishing. He will give us that fulfillment He will give us that identity. He will give us that peace. If we will rest in Jesus, He will give the rest of what we desire. All that stuff you've been wearing yourself out with, you'll either have it or suddenly it won't matter anymore. When we're resting with Jesus, we can live in peace. I feel very specifically Like one of the things that a lot of us are wrestling with right now is the feeling of, am I enough? If you're battling that right now, can I just pray for you? Can we go ahead and bow our heads one more time? Don't fall asleep on me. But if you're battling specifically with the feeling of, am I enough or have I done enough? Will you raise your hand? I think a lot of times we think of that as being an issue that ladies wrestle through, us guys are just as bad. We just tough it out. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that 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 yoke would be broken. God, I do declare over my own thoughts, but also the thoughts of so many people that just raised their hand, God, I declare that the yoke of not being enough is broken. I declare that they they don't have anything to prove and that they'll start believing that. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would just give us little checks throughout our day, just little reminders, reminding us that In you, we are enough. In you, we are complete. We don't have to chase after anything. We don't have to prove anything. We have nothing to prove and nothing to fear and no one to impress. God, would you please just infuse your identity into our hearts and into our minds. Jesus, I thank you that you say in your word that in Christ, we are a new creation. Lord, would you help for us to get to know our newness in you? And that there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and nothing can separate us from your love, neither heights nor depths, nothing in all of creation, neither angels nor demons can separate us from your love. Help for us to feel it and believe it. If you're in the room this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, This is where it starts. You can't take his yoke if you don't know him. If you need a relationship with Jesus this morning and you felt weighed down, you felt tired and you need to change that, you know you're a sinner, don't nobody have to tell you that, but you're looking for hope, you're looking for freedom, you're looking for peace, you're looking for a new way of life, it's Jesus and he is knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says, if you just confess him as Lord and you admit that you've sinned and you believe that he is Lord, you will be saved. And so right now is your time to confess him as Lord. You can do it in your mind. You can say a little prayer in your mind. You can say it out loud, but it's just a confession. And the Bible says that in that moment, you are sealed forever by his love and by his identity. So you can just say this prayer, just say, Jesus, I surrender. I'm tired of trying to prove it. I can't do it. So I ask you to come into my life, forgive me. Forgive a a wretched sinner and fill me with your love. I surrender everything to you and I'm gonna follow you as best as I can. I'm gonna yoke myself to you and I'm gonna live your life from now on. It's in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for this amazing group of people. We thank you for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being so obvious this morning. We know you're always here, but thank you for being so, so tangible. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the honor and the privilege it is to teach your word. Now, the thing that always stands out in my mind is what I could have said or should have said, Holy Spirit, will you continue to teach your people even through my best attempts. Lord, we love you. Lord, let these people know how much I love them much you love them most importantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.